This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. If you don't know, I'm Pastor Abel. I'm the children's director here. It's just amazing what, what uh, Alex was singing and uh, just what, what um, even Kevin's word, the Matthew 6, and, and where we're going. It's just extraordinary. And I keep hearing that this year is, is the year of wonder, the year of marvel. It's, it's, remember, it's signs that make you wonder, right? How big he is. That it's him. And um, if you have your Bibles, just go ahead and go to Matthew 6. As Kevin led us off at, we'll keep going. But as you turn there, um, I'm just going to share my heart and what, where, where God has had me, especially with the kids, teaching them and, and what he's done in my life and my wife's life. And um, we had an interesting time where uh, my, my wife got COVID. And, um, and we quarantined. Um, on our on our house, which is it's a little little it was a little place in Bluemont, so it's by ourselves. And uh, Monday, she tested. What's it? Positive? Negative? Positive? Right. So she had it. Not a doctor here. Um, positive. Monday I was fine. Tuesday I was fine. Now we also have a, a a little one. He's now nine months. And Thursday I woke up and I couldn't get out of bed. I had a bite of my cheese sandwich, and I couldn't taste it. I had a sip of wine, and I couldn't taste it. That's when I knew things were really bad. And, and darkness kind of fell over the house. I felt what I felt was shadow come over us. And it came over when I had this thought. What if I have it? Because she has it. What if Judah has it? Has anyone had this thought process? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if he dies and then it's on us? I had that thought. And so I, 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 I went to the grocery store and I bought mask and gloves. And I went back to, to the house that for the first time living there, I felt shadow. Can't explain it. I felt darkness. I felt shadow. How many of you have felt that during the season? There's, you know, there's sickness. How many of you know God is light and in him is no darkness? Yes. In him is light and in him is no darkness. He's an all-consuming fire. Yes, we can agree with that. So I'm sitting there and, and there was a moment where Kristen was holding Judah and she had her mask on, she had her gloves on, and it just felt absolutely sickening. And some of us would call that wisdom. And she took off her gloves and her mask and she was so sick of it and she just started praying and prophesying over him. And we just started praying and praying. And you, we, I felt the darkness leave. I can't explain it, but something left. Because two days later I went to the gym. And I could taste wine. And it was extraordinary. But then God led me into this journey of, Abel, I want you to study light. Why did darkness come in? If he is light, why did it invade? What I felt was a knock on my door. I felt shadow, if you could see my shadow. And I kind of went, okay. He didn't force himself, but I felt my heart go, okay. I surrendered to it. The enemy cannot force himself, but he can knock. And it's your choice to surrender. So I've been on this journey, and the first place God took me to was Matthew 6. So I'm going to 
I'm going to read Matthew 6 and uh, I got my wife's Bible. This is King James. <sighs> King James. It's just, I just think of Pastor Barry, right? Whoo! Watch out. My wife said the most romantic thing yes, last night. She said, oh, Abel, you should read Psalms in King James. I was like, oh! <sighs> you know, most of us are like, you should read Psalms in the Passion, right? She was like, oh, King James. I was like, you single people, marry, a, 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 make sure you find someone that is God-fearing and God-loving. Make sure you meet someone that is hungry for the word of God. I mean, that, that would like rub me the right way. She said, Psalms and King James. I was like, I love this woman. God, I love this woman. Gosh, can I get an amen? There he is. Yeah, yeah. Don't, don't shut him down. He's fine. He's fine. I'm a children's pastor. Bring it. Bring it. He's just amening me. So we're in Matthew 6, and we're going to start in verse, thank you, 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now let's get to the light part. This is, this is right here, everything. If the light of the body is the eye, if therefore your eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. I'll say it again. If your eye be single, if you looked at it, that means one focus, one track minded, one voyage, one journey. As Kevin said it, it's seek first. If thy eye be single, there will be no darkness. Now let's keep reading. But if thy eye be evil or double, thy whole body shall be full of what? Darkness. If therefore that light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Now here we go. No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And it just hit me. If my eye is single, I'll be full of light. And I know the scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you, right? And right after this, this is where Jesus goes into his do not worry rap. Don't worry about your life. Don't fear. Do not worry. Don't, you have one job. Don't worry. Don't worry. Right? John 14, he says, let not your heart be troubled. And I love the passion translation because it says this. Do not worry and don't surrender to fear. It's a choice. It's a choice. So I was like, okay, obviously my eye's not single, but I know the scripture. So God had me do something in the past, past really month. I've been going through Paul's letters in chronological order. I've been reading them in order the way he wrote them, which really awakened my heart because I was like, God, remember, this was a guy that was so passionate about God before he ever met God that he was murdering people. He thought he was doing the right thing. He thought he knew God so well that he was murdering Christians. He believed. He knew God so well that he was murdering people. Remember, he knew the Torah. He was far advanced. He was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He had God down to a 
science. And then he met him. And then we read him in Acts. We, we read him about this guy that was so full of light that cloth healed people. That he had so much light that, that they would send articles of his clothing to sick people. That when he got bit by a venom snake, it was like, <sighs> he had one focus. And I was like, this, this guy radiated. He, he wrote Ephesians and Colossians, these books that I love that are filled with joy and happiness in prison. In prison, he's writing this gospel that brings so much light and joy. And I'm like, what, what, what did he have? What, what was it? How did, how did he have that light? Because I need that. Because I, I didn't have it. I hit a wall on that mountain. I said, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. What, 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 if, what if Judah you know, gets sick? What if, what if I get it, she gets it? And what is the church going to think? And That's not one focus. So as I read through the Gospels, one of the first books that Paul ever wrote was Galatians. And by chapter 2, Remember, this this is the first letter. He's rebuking Peter, who's like the godfather of our faith. That would be like me being drafted into the NBA and like going, LeBron James, that's not how you do a layup. Let me. Like he's rebuking Peter, the guy that walked with Jesus. And in Galatians 1, he says this. He's telling the people of Galatians, he says, why are you so quick to turn from him? And then he goes on to say, the gospel got perverted. So I marvel, there it is, thank you, that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. Next verse. Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to, I want to talk about this word, pervert the gospel of Christ. Thank you. You know what the word pervert means? It's to take something that's meant for a specific purpose and using it for something else. That's double-mindedness. That's, that's not single eye. It's taking something that's meant for a specific purpose. I'll give you an example. When God created us, he never ever created us to hold stress, fear, worry, unbelief. That's perversion if you feel that. Something's being perverted. What happens when you worry and you stress? You open your body up for what? Sickness, disease, aging. You were never, ever, ever created for that. God didn't say, I breathed into them so they could worry. No. John 10.10 says what? Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. He came to give life and life more abundantly. As, as, a, as I'm reading through Paul, I get to Galatians, right? And he's rebuking Peter. And he said, why are you so quick to turn from him? And I'm like, okay, I did that. I did that. How many of you did that? How many of you can admit that? I, I turned. He was there and I said, no, what if I get it? What if Judah gets it? What if we die? I surrendered to it. No one forced me down that rabbit hole. And Paul's telling Galatians, why are you so quick to turn from him? 
And I just kept reading and kept reading. The next books are 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, and then I hit Corinthians. Oh, right, thank you. And I want to go to 1 Corinthians, don't put it up yet, chapter 2, and it's verses 1 and 2. And this was it. I, I, I found, it's a scripture we all know, right? We know, but we don't know. Paul knew God, but he didn't know God. He knew God, right? Studied him to a T to where he was murdering people. Like, man, passionate. He's all in. Like, at least he got to bless his passion, right? At least he's all in. <laughs> and then what happened? Then he went from a person that was murdering these people that is now writing love letters to them, that he's yearning for them. He cries out for them in his letters. He thanks God for these people. He's praying for them day and night. He's writing letters in prison. I'm like, who is this guy now? What was it? What was his focus? What was his single eye? And 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Put it up. And I, brethren, when I came to you, I can't read it up there. Oh, is that Judah? He's skin tired. That's him. He goes, mm-hmm. But look at this. I am determined, or I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come. Here you go. Ready? He did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. This was it. When I hit this, I, I couldn't look away. For I determined... Paul's going, okay, now, I thought I knew you, but now I'm determined. I'm determined to what? To know nothing. I'm not determined to know anything. Anything. Nothing. I'm determined to know nothing among you except Jesus and him crucified. I am determined to know nothing. Now, I'm going to read it real quick in the Amplified. Listen to this. This is just, this is just beautiful in the Amplified puts this. For I resolve to know nothing, to be acquainted with nothing, to make a display of the knowledge of nothing, and to be conscious of nothing, except Jesus and him crucified. I am now determined to know nothing. That everything I once knew, I admit I know nothing. But I'm now determined to know one thing. It's really two things. Who is Jesus and who is he crucified? Everything started from this one point. As you read the gospels and go through his fix, his eyes were fixed on one thing. Who is he and what did he do? I'm going to say it again. Who is he and what did he do? He do. What did he do? I'm going to say it again. What did he do? Because before that it was Look what I can do. I know the Torah. I've studied. I am far advanced. I am, I am, I am, I am, I am. He became the I am. Didn't work out well for him. (laughs) Then he met him. And then he realized something that I believe a lot of us in this room, including me, need to get to this place where maybe, maybe we don't know him the way we think we know him. On that mountain, I didn't know him. I could quote him. 
Oh, I could quote him. I can quote Romans like no other. But he didn't give me the word just to recite it. The point of hearing his voice is to know where it's coming from. Could you imagine if I fathered my son just by my voice? I love you. I love you. No, I want him face to face. I want him to touch my face. I want him to know my beard. I want him to know every, every part of me. I want it face to face. Something I wish my natural dad did more. And, Jesus, and Paul here is, I'm determined to know nothing. I thought I had it. I, I know nothing now. I know nothing. But now I'm going to know who he is and what did he do. Who is Jesus and what did he do? And everything, that was the starting point. In the morning, every day was fresh because it was, who are you? It wasn't, I know you. Every day was not, oh, I know you. No, every day was, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And what did you do? What did you do? That started everything. And if you read the Gospels in order and you get to Ephesians, everyone go, oh, right? We all love Ephesians and we love Colossians. What, what's the one word that Paul just screams? I'll tell you. Evan, can you put up the picture? There's one word. He screams above everything, everything else. He He chose me before the foundation of the world. He made me one with the Father. He took away my sin. He disarmed all principalities and powers. And he made a public spectacle of the devil. Paul was obsessed with he. He. Everything pointed to he in his ministry. Everything was him. He never left. Who is he and what did he do? Every mark on there he got intimate with. What did that mark mean? He was Paul's strength in prison, which is why he wrote this words in Thessalonians. What is it? What's God's will? Rejoice in the Lord always. Pray without. In everything give Because he started with he, who is he? That became a reality for him. If you have trouble in giving thanks in prayer, you might have turned away from him. Now the devil is very subtle. He's very subtle. That mass thing. No, no, no. I don't want to get into this. Let's get into it. I hear debates of like, is, 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 is mask of God? Is it mask? Is, is it this? That's the wrong question. Vance, keep it up. I'm sorry. I think I have to keep it. We just need to look at it. Yeah. The answer is, did you turn to him? Is it, did you start from who is he and what did he do and begin a conversation with him and start talking to him? And did you hear him back? Did you engage in who he is? Or did you do something and go, wisdom? Now, I'm not saying masks are right. 
And I'm not saying masks are wrong. I'm saying it's irrelevant. It's who is he? What is your connection to he? Who is, what? Is it he? Or is it you? Is it, what did Bill Johnson say? What did Graham Cook say? What did Pastor Gavin going to say? No! Galatians 1. It's one of my favorite verses when Paul says, why is he so bold? He says this in Galatians. It's not up there, but I'll say it to you. This revelation I got from him. He gave it to me. He. The reason you got born again is so that you could be fathered by God himself. So that you yourself could know him. The reason he died was because he loved you and that he would call you home. Are we turning to him? Or are we playing this game wisdom because we can't admit that we're actually afraid? We love that verse, right? Jesus and Jesus crucified. Before you get there, you got to admit and be determined to know nothing. I heard um, God led me to this amazing poem by one of my favorite poets, his name is Shane Coyson, and he had this um, poem called The Blueprint for Breakthrough, and he said this, and it just rocked me. I sent it to Nate, and we just like, like, oh, and he says this. When you could admit that you don't know what you think you know, you have the blueprint for breakthrough. I'll say that again. When you could admit that you don't know what you think you know, you have the blueprint for breakthrough. Because when I didn't know on that mountain, I was forced to turn to him like no other. I got sick of the shadow. So my wife and I turned. We turned. We're going to see God do wonders this year. We're going to see it. Because it's in him. It starts in him. Is he sufficient enough for you? (laughs) You can say, oh yeah, all you want. Say it to me when you're going through hell. That's how you'll know. Come on. I like this guy. Bring him more often. But I'm going to say it again. Paul. Think about this. He, imagine, he, he had like a PhD. Talk about humbling to go, I was wrong. I taught a lot of you this. And, uh, you know, I... I I far superseded everyone, and uh, I was wrong. I don't know. But I got good news. I know the answer now. He, he, he. Who is he, and what did he do? Is that extraordinary? Because you keep reading, I'm telling you. I've read Ephesians, Colossians, but when you read it in order and you get to those books, the way Paul says he, he was addicted. One track minded is this, and this is the way, I love the way Bill Johnson told the story one time. 
It's probably like 10 years ago. I, I try to look for the teaching, but I remember the story. And he taught on Matthew 6, and he said this. He said, he told the story of there was this athlete in Colorado, and uh, amazing athlete. And I, I think it was football or, or basketball. Anyways, he got into a car accident, and he, he's got his, he got his arm completely off. It's an amazing athlete. So he decided to pick up handball, which is where you put a little you know, leather strap on your hands, and you hit a hard ball. <laughs> Anyways, you know, he had one hand. Anyways, he did phenomenal. And started working his way up to the championships. And, and he made it to the finals. And they interviewed him. And they're like, how are you able to keep up when your, your opponents have two hands and you only have one? And he said, oh, it's easy. My opponents have time to think which hand they're going to use. I don't. In other words, when Paul got bit by a snake, he didn't even have the thought, I might have COVID. It wasn't an option because he determined to know nothing except who he is and what he did. He did not have the option anymore. Prison, yay. Stoned and survived, yay. And everything, give thanks because my time is now his time. You want to become a better worshiper? Stop worshiping and just start with who is he? And what did he do? And you'll, you'll never stop worshiping ever again. You want to pray more? Find out who he is. And don't ever stop. Don't ever ask, stop asking the question. What did he do? He do. What do every one of those marks mean? What did he do? You'll never stop praying again. You'll never stop giving thanks again. Everything will be he, he, he. It pleased God to put his fullness in he. Guess who we should be addicted for? He. He. Guess whose favorite topic the Holy Spirit is? He. What's his favorite job? To glorify he. Glorify him. Do you know him? And the answer is never, ever. Remember, even Paul said, God, that that I might know him. And we read this Acts like, man, you freaking knew him. Like you were, I mean, those stories are incredible. The signs, the wonders, we're, we're entering into that. But it starts with this. He is the strength. Who's the light? He is the light. If you have a problem with shadow in your life, turn to he. Start with who are you and what did you do? It sounds so selfish, doesn't it? Could you imagine if, like, my, my interview with Pastor Gavin, he invited me to his office, and he had my resume, and he was like, okay. And I went, whoa, 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 before you ask questions, I need to know, who are you, and what did you do for me? He'd probably be like, get out of my office, right? If I, if I, if I had to, like, interview with Bill Gates, and I was like, Bill, before you hire me on, I need to know, who are you, and what did you do for me? But I learned something. When you do that to Jesus, who is he, and what did he do? You know what starts getting eliminated from your life? The word I. Paul writes in Ephesians, what's the corrupt life? What's corruption? It's the self life. It's I, I, I. How can I consume more? Especially we're here in America, man. We are consumers. 
My son is groaning for the sons and daughters to manifest. He's groaning for you guys. That you would turn to he and never ever leave. So my wife and I recently moved to um, the Fairfax area. We, um, and uh, in Bluemont, there's no traffic. We're, we're far away, and you get on 66, and you just kind of glide on. And for the first month, or we've been there a month, and the first three weeks, we felt kind of icky. Like, I would get on the road, and I would find myself wanting to speed up. And I found myself at home, I'm like, I'm being short-tempered with my wife. She's being short-tempered with me, and we're like, whoa, okay, let's just stop. And we did it. Who is he, and what did he do? And we brought him into the conversation. And he said, it's a principality, and good news, I disarmed it for you. And I said, okay. And I said, what do you want? He said, I want you to bring life to driving. So now I purposefully go really slow on 29 and 66 to bring life to the people around me. I'll tell you why. Because the people around me have surrendered to that principality. They're in a rush to get where they need to go instead of looking at him. I'll tell you a story. The, the, the first week I was there, I was leaving the giant parking lot in Centerville. and I was trying to make a left. You know, you got to wait for traffic. The guy behind me kept honking. So you, you can be him. I put my car in park and got out of the car. Sometimes I forget what this looks like. And I said, hi, I'm trying to make a left turn, but I can't because if cars keep coming, I'm going to get hit and die. This is what I'm, I'm not kidding. And I said, but hey, you're alive, right? Isn't it good to be alive right now? Isn't it great to be alive? Have a great day. This is funny, but this is very serious because a lot of us, because we haven't turned to him, we've become numb to the principality that's around you. If you tailgate, excuse me, I'm sorry to say this, that is perversion. That's you taking a vehicle, trying to get you from point A to point B safely, and you've now used it as a weapon to share your anger and frustration with the person in front of you. That is perversion. You just made it about I. There's a principality in this Northern Virginia area. It's called busyness. I now feel it, and I'm not surrendering to it. So I hope all you tailgaters will follow me. And my favorite thing to do is I look in the rearview mirror, and I just see people manifest. I, I'm coming to bring life because that anger and frustration is doing what to their bodies? It's aging them. It's bringing them closer to their death. I mean, I, this is funny, but it's kind of not. The world is aging on the road. <laughs> there is a principality. 
Who are you surrendering to? So when I drive now, everything is, who are you and what did you do? And I begin that conversation with him. Let's get in this lane. Let's slow down. And sometimes he'll be like, hey, that person's going even slower than you. Go behind them and follow them and protect them. Okay. It's not about me anymore. It's not about I, 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 but it's who is he and what did he do? You tailgaters are like, oh, man. I'm going to call this message a tailgating perverts. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but think about it. How many of you have felt that? How many of you have gone on 66 and all of a sudden you're like, I need to go faster? Turn. Turn. Because this is what makes you look like him. Because this is the sad thing. The guy behind me, God told me, is a believer. Why, do, why doesn't the world want what we have? Because maybe the thing we have, we don't really know. And that's a good thing. I'm going to say it again. Not knowing leads you to him. Is this hitting? Is this okay? (laughs) So people are like, oh man. Oh, Abel, you got me. (laughs) I've done it. I've done it. I've done it. He disarmed all principalities and powers. So begin the conversation with, okay, who are you? What did you do? Begin there. Honestly, I've just been doing it, and, and I'm starting to do things that I, I never enjoyed doing, but I, I, I'm doing it now. For the first time since COVID, I'm laying hands again. How many of you since COVID, because the Bible says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. How many of you when COVID, your, your laying hands numbers went up? Now, is, are, we, are we dare going to call that Wisdom. What if when COVID hit, what if, what, if, what if just a few of us together just said, okay, just started, who is he and what did he do? What, what, if, what if everything from our head to our toe, we did that when COVID hit? What, like, because if your eye is single, your body will be full of light. What if we started that way? Now, my, here, here, here's how the enemy is going to pervert you. Oh, Abel laid hands on people. Now, I need to go lay hands on people. No. 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 Determine to know him and what did he do. Begin communion with him. Start knowing him and from that. I've been doing this for a month, and now, I'll be honest, I I can't help myself now. I don't go out now and go, I'm going to go pray for people. No. Who is he? And we just go. He calls me his friend for a reason. Alex saying it, that I might know you as a friend. Why? Because in John 15, he calls us his friend. We love that scripture, but you got to remember, he also says in that scripture, for without me, you can do nothing. So it means he wants to be part of every decision that you're doing. Everything you do, he wants to do it. He wants to show you who he is in it and what he did for you in it. Isn't that amazing? Everything. Everything you're going to go through, he wants to show you who he is and what he did for you. 
Is that where you start off your conversation? When you put your mask on, is that where you start? Now, like I said, the answer is, I hate when people are like, let's argue about mask or no mask. How about we just turn to him and begin prayer? And I just ask him who he is. Why don't we start where Paul started and determine to know nothing except who is he and what did he do? Imagine. Imagine what would happen. I was talking to Alex about this, and he told me the songs he was going to sing, and we were right on track. And the word he uses is, um, I just like the word perversion. He says, complicate. That's all perversion is, is we complicate something. Paul rebuked Peter because he tried to complicate Jesus. It's Jesus and, and Paul was like, no, it's just Jesus. It's who he is and what he did, not about what you can do. Don't pervert this. Don't complicate it. Don't add to the finished work of Christ. We're about to take communion. Is his blood sufficient? It's just a question. And as you take communion, you're going to turn. And the beautiful thing about the person you're turning to is he's already there. And he's been there. Waiting. And he meets you with grace. You know what grace is? It's amazing how that word's getting perverted. I have to teach the kids this over and over again because they forget. I go, what's the difference between a gift and a reward? And they go, oh, a gift is, you know, when I get good A's, I get a gift. And my heart just breaks. I'm like, no, that's not a gift. You did something for it. Jesus gave his life when we didn't deserve it when we actually chose to be ungodly? When are we going to trust in what he did more than in what we can do or even what we did? What's more powerful, the blood of Jesus or your sin or your past? Each one of us kind of has this thing of, of, you know, what are we believing? It's inside of you. When something hits, when COVID hit, The blood of Jesus was way down here and my COVID was way up there. But I turned and it came back and it kept coming back. And I kept on that same point where now I was shopping yesterday. My wife and I was like, let's go run errands, which I never say. (sighs) He's doing something in me. I'm telling you. And we went to JCPenney's and went to Fair Oaks Mall. I ended up talking to this guy and we talked for a long time, and I heard him. I just kept turning to him, and he said, Abel, I need you to take off your mask and shake his hand. Because we had just had a great talk, and I pulled my mask out, and I said, hi, sir, I'm Abel, and it's really good to meet you. And he did the same. And I just felt him. I felt him. I didn't feel me. It's not about what I can do. The only thing I can do if I don't look at him is worry really, really well. And tailgate really, really well. But in him, I'm in no rush. It's his time. My time is his time. It's not about me. But it starts with him. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Do the people around you know you or do they know the Christ in you? 
what is leaking out of you. That right there shows who you're turned towards. This year, we're going to have a lot of opportunity to turn to him. Crisis does not go away. Evil does not go away. How exciting. Yeah? Yahoo? Sickness is not going away. Unless we show up. Because where I go, he goes. So I turn to he. The world is waiting for us to turn. Single eye. I want to read one last scripture and then we're going to take communion and uh, yeah. Um, if you have your Bibles, go to Isaiah 54. And I'm going to start in verse 5. I'm going to read all the way down to the end of 10. Because this is the voice of the Father. You're going to hear the voice of God. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken and grieved in the spirit, like a youthful wife when you were refused, says your God. Now here's his voice. For a mere moment I have forsaken you, but with great mercies I will gather you. With a little wrath I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have mercy on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. For this is like the waters of Noah to me. For as I have sworn that the waters of Noah would no longer cover the earth, so have I sworn that I would not be angry with you nor rebuke you. For the mountains shall depart and the hills be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you. Nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. If you read Ephesians 2, Paul says, grace is in his kindness. To receive grace You have to turn and actually allow him to show you how kind he is. This is how Paul turned. It was the goodness of God that led him to repentance, right? Not the punishment, right? We can do that ourselves. When you turn, kindness is waiting for you every second of every day. Grace is wrapped like a present in kindness. Isn't that exciting? Awesome. Alex, can I have you come up? Thank you, sir. Um, can we put up the picture? If you have your communion, if you didn't, if you need communion, just have them raise your hand. Or If you didn't get, get communion, go ahead and raise your hand. But I want to start this year off right. And I want to give us the opportunity to turn. And can you, if you can, I know it's hard sometimes, to admit 
that maybe you don't know what you think you know. And that's okay. It's actually exciting. That's where Paul lived. I don't know. Great. I don't know. Yes. Party for me. Because it's him. So if you have to, if you have to close your eyes, if you have to look at the screen, that's why it's up. I'm visual. I, I, I started my year off by, by just staring at this. <sighs> Who are you? And what did you do? Who are you and what did you do? Face to face. Face to face. Paul writes in Ephesians that his blood made you one with God. His blood made you face to face with God. And nothing to do with what you did or what you can do. That's what makes it grace. So just turn. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would help help us this morning. (laughs) Help us and glorify Jesus right now in our hearts, in our minds. We want to know who he is and what did he do. So we turn to you, Jesus face to face. We sit still knowing that you did it all. So if there's any weight or stress, we just give it to you right now. We take your body right now. That the death you died, you died to sin once and for all. And death no longer gets a voice. No longer gets a voice. Sickness no longer gets a voice. So we boast in you this morning. We say thank you this morning. In you and you alone. You are the light and you are our strength. So we take your body right now. In Jesus' name. As we continue to look at you, Jesus. We thank you for your blood. For your blood that made us as white as snow. That we don't have to try to act holy. That you made us holy. That you made us pure. That your blood made us flawless. What you did. And this morning, help us receive. Help us receive what you did. 
Help us surrender to what you did. Your blood is sufficient. We ask that you would take us deeper like never before. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. (laughs) By your stripes, your stripes, his stripes, we are healed, whole, perfect, flawless, vessels of light. So we take your blood right now. We surrender to what your blood did, not our sweat, not our blood. We surrender and say yay to your blood. (laughs) As we drink your blood, we say yes to your invitation of life and life more abundantly. (laughs) Life and life more abundantly. In Jesus' name. going to be a great year but it starts with he and I'm going to end with this if you start with fear and you end with the word wisdom it's perversion even Paul got it 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30 he became for us wisdom he you want wisdom It's not this thing floating. He is wisdom. So if you're afraid, good. Admit it. Turn. I don't know. Yay. I don't know. Um, Last thing um, on, oh, Pastor Bet, if I have the right date. Uh, Saturday, January 16th. Um, Pastor Gavin has asked me to take the um, the men's ministry, so I'm going to be hosting a men's uh, brunch at 10:30 in the Union. Wives, make your man get there, because right now men are under attack. There's a principality in this atmosphere. There are two things that I'm hearing. One is, <laughs> this is what I believe men are hearing. One is, I'm not needed, and two, I'm alone. You're not. Get connected. He calls us the body for a reason. The devil has one job. Make us really busy. So we're hosting a breakfast. Pastor JR is going to give the word. And we're just going to come together in his presence as men. We want to get to know each other. We can't do this walk alone. We have to learn, like Paul said, we, we, we esteem others highlier than each other, right? So I encourage you. Um, You're going to see um, advertisements come out, but get your man there, especially if he's a part of this house. Be there. Love to connect with you. And like I said, come on, who doesn't want to see JR teach? See that hair, right? Come on. (laughs) Gets me every time. Yeah. So Jesus, we just thank you this morning. We celebrate you. We boast in you and you alone as we walk out of the doors because you call us your best friend. You call us your best friend. (laughs) So we turn to you right back to do life with you. 
that when we feel the stress, we're going to turn to you and look at you this time. Holy Spirit, help us not surrender to fear so easily. Help us not surrender to worry so easily. Help us be single-minded so that, Jesus, your light can radiate onto everyone we're around. So we celebrate this year of wonder. Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, blow our minds. We say yes. We say yes to greater works. Greater works. We say yes to greater works. Yeah. We say yes to greater joy. We say yes to your laughter. We say yes to your laughter, Father, your laughter. Make our spiritual senses more sensitive to you and not to the enemy. That everything we hear you first, we feel you first, we taste you first, we look at you first. Make all of our senses more aware of he, of you, Lord. So we thank you this morning. We're in no rush. We're in no rush. We're just turning to you. We're locked on you. We're locked on you, Jesus. We're locked on you. We're not looking away. And when we do look away, we thank you that your love never goes away. That nothing can separate us from your love, even when we keep turning away. But we turn quickly to you, Lord, like never before this year, to meet you face to face. Because we can't do it. We're admitting now, we can't do it. So we trust in you, Lord. You reign, Jesus, you reign. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you for letting me come and play.